early on, I just learned to kind of sit back and listen. Yeah. And, um, and it is hard. This is life, this is business, this is the world, and what it looks like when people come together. This is the sound of Fio Media. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Figured It Out. This week, uh, we're with, here with a great entrepreneur, Marine Comstone, who is the former owner of Sorella Rose Restaurant in Flowertown, Pennsylvania. Really excited to have Maureen here today. Uh, she's actually a really special uh, guest, uh, someone really close to uh, our hearts here at Fio Media, someone who's really helped us along the way. Um, and it's because of the great experience that she's had uh, running her own business and working in you know, entrepreneurial work uh, throughout her career. So you know, we're gonna share that with you today and hope in hopes that you can really get some value out of what uh, Maureen has learned throughout her career. Um, so on that note, I'll, you know, leave it over to you, Marine. Why don't you just introduce yourself and uh, I guess tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Sure. Uh, so my name is Maureen Cumstone. I am the former owner uh, of Sorella Rose Restaurant as well as Sorella Rose Avalon and currently am the entrepreneur in residence here at Ursinus College running the UM Management Center for Integrative and Entrepreneurial Studies. Right. So I've been here uh, close to, actually it'll be three years now, come January. Wow, Yeah. went quick. It did go quick. <laughs> yeah. um, so like for people who don't know what the UM Management Center is, just give them a little bit of background. So the UM Management Center is an inter interdisciplinary center uh, on our sinus campus. It, we are open to any student from any year, any major, and our role is to uh, promote entrepreneurial mindset development right. development and skill de development across our sinus campus. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just for a little background, um, when I first got started up at Fio Media, um, me and my partner Alex Drum, um, and actually we had another partner at the time, uh, we worked with Marine for almost a year, right? Yes. Um, and we really did a lot of hard work and uh, Marine was just a great person to have to, a bounce ideas off of, or if all of your ideas suck, she normally had a good one. Um, so, and she does a terrific job um, continuing to do that with other kids looking to start businesses now today. And not just businesses, right? So it's just, um, there's all kinds of different like entrepreneurial work that these kids do. Yeah, so it could be anything from starting up a project uh, to an initiative, some sort of activist campaign. It could be a social enterprise. Um, really a variety, of, it could be a film or a, you know an artist trying to sell their artwork. Right. So uh, it, it crosses all disciplines and it's for anybody really that um, is interested in being able to take ideas and move them forward and bring them yeah. to reality. Yeah, yeah I think that's probably one of the main things we got out of working with you is like you know we had an idea at the beginning um, and we have a completely different idea now yeah. but being able to like test that idea out and, and turning that like broad idea into really specific tasks is probably one of the things you teach very well and one of the things I definitely picked up uh, a lot from. Yeah, one of the things that, that I've learned over the course of the three years that I've been here is really um, the, the emphasis needs to be on taking those first couple of steps. Yeah. So really moving from idea 
to action yeah. because, well, as you know, we, we spent a lot of time sitting around a table yeah. uh, bouncing around ideas and to move off of the idea stage and to start taking some action takes a little bit of time and a lot of effort. Yeah. Uh, but it's the first opportunity and it's the first step to really move a project forward. Yeah. So what is involved in doing that? How do you take an idea from this conceptual thing that these big dreams and then break it down to step by step? I mean, you know, it's the process you taught us. So it, and it's worked well for us. So what would you say is the most crucial thing um, about that process? I think uh, the most crucial thing about that process is really um, testing out your idea yeah. with actual customers yeah. or people that can give you honest feedback. Um, if, you, if you do that and you put yourself in a position where you really sit back and listen to customers um, or to potential customers, eventually you're going to hear enough that it's going to give you the right direction. Right. It, they're going to tell you which direction to go in. Right. Um, I had this weird experience today where, um, and it, it wasn't a for-profit, or it wasn't a business, it was a, a group of people in a department sitting around a table, and they were getting feedback about a particular program that they were running. And um, in the same conversation, they were looking for, well, what do we do next year or next semester or next, next, uh, next year? And they had the answers right there from the, the students right. themselves telling them exactly what they wanted. Right. So it's a, a really about active listening and really being able to hear what the customer is saying, put your own ideas aside, and yeah. allow the, the, the person that you're speaking with to really speak and to listen with an open mind. Yeah. Um, because when you do that, they'll, they'll, they'll give you the direction. Right. Yeah, I think uh, what you said at the end there, being able to put your own ideas aside <laughs> is really important and it's really hard to do because most people who are involved in some kind of business venture, you know, they're if they're not, you know, financially invested in it, they're definitely very personally invested in it. Um, and you know, it takes a lot to be able to hear some feedback from somebody that maybe your idea isn't that good. Mm -hmm. um, or I mean, even if it's not that your idea is not good, but you know, maybe this idea over here is just better, um, and you have the resources to do it, it's, it's even just really hard to accept that fact and want to move in that other direction or, or pivot to the right way. Um, so I think a lot of people struggle with that, and that's definitely right. something that's really key. And it's one thing that I learned very early in my career, and maybe it was because of my inexperience or my lack of experience, but early on I just learned to kind of sit back and listen. Yeah. And um, and it is hard, you know, you think you know what's the right thing to do or what you want to do, um, but, you know, as we say, the market, the market dictates, yeah. the market speaks. Get into the story here, um, let's, how did you kind of make it to where you are today? Um, I know we've talked before about how some things in your childhood actually inspired your entrepreneurial um, drive. Um, and desire. Um, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that, how your parents had the restaurant where you're going. So uh, I literally grew up in, in a restaurant, um, in the back kitchen of a restaurant. So um, from the time I was very young, I came home from school. Uh, I, I, home was the kitchen of a restaurant. <laughs> 
and uh, so that we had a very large kitchen table in, in, in the commercial table in, in this kitchen and had to do my homework there. Um, and from a very early age, what I did learn is uh, customer service. So because I was there, if a customer came in or from the people, um, we operated pretty much around the clock. Um, and so the customer always was first and always mattered and became the priority regardless of what you were doing. So even at an early age, where homework should be a priority, if a customer came in and something was needed, we, I stopped my homework. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I intended to the needs. If the phone needed to be answered, um, you know, it's kind of funny because it was a long time ago before cell phones or before anything like that, at our home, we had a phone that had a different ring, and it was the business. Really? So if somebody didn't pick it up in the business, I had to pick it right. up at home. Right. But I knew it was the business. So both phones rang yeah. all day and all night long at, at our at our home. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got in. I learned about customer service at a very early age. Um, I learned about uh, the proper way to treat people, both. Um, customers as well as people that I worked with or people or employees um, because they make things happen and um, just really you know all the ins and outs of running an effective business yeah. you know, controls you know money uh, how do you account for it how do you make sure that you are paying people appropriately what kind of record-keeping you need to yeah. Keep. So there was the business aspect of it, and most importantly, the customer service aspect of yeah. it. So how? So when did your parents start the business? How old were you? I was. I was maybe middle school. Right. Yeah. And they had it all Early. the way up until. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, at least until you went to college. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. The whole that whole time there was maybe ten years at least right. Right, where you were involved in it. So. Yeah. How did that kind of start to make you feel? Like, did you like being there every night? Did were you excited by it? Did you develop that drive at that age, or did that come along later? Yeah, I I was excited by it. I I kind of almost didn't know any different. Mm -hmm. um, I always had the drive to be an entrepreneur, um, but I al I also had the opportunity to go to school, so I was a first gen yeah. student. Yeah, and. Um, what the hope was is that it would open up more opportunity, which of course it did, come yeah. to sinus. Um, but the itch and the drive never went away. Yeah. Um, but I spent a lot of time outside of the restaurant. So for the first 15 years of my career, I spent uh, five and a half in a very large for-profit organization right. and nine in a small but very substantially growing nonprofit, right. and my roles in those companies were really to start up various initiatives. Right. Not only start them up, get them going, but see them through to operation, right. and then continue to maintain them. So I was very lucky yeah. to have mentors and to have those kinds of opportunities to grow those kinds of skills. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, back you up a little bit, and I definitely want to talk about that part of your career because I know how... Um, really important that was for your next step, which was starting the restaurant. Um, but so, 
like a question that would kind of address you know college kids or maybe high school kids right now thinking about going to college or starting an entrepreneurial uh, venture so you know you were mentioning that you kind of had that itch from a young age but you know you had the opportunity to be a first-gen student and I'm sure you know when you were going to college you know if you had the opportunity to go you went yes and nowadays it's 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 still pretty much like that but I think there are people who are now considering, you know, with the cost of college nowadays, mm -hmm. am I better off to maybe just start something up on my own at age 18 when I graduate high school, um, or you know, go work an internship if I can get one at age 18 and not go to college. Um, I know you're pretty passionate about this topic, so I just wanted to, you know, let you speak on it. Right. I'm, I am a firm believer in college education. I'm, I'm a firm believer in lifelong learning. Yeah. Um, and higher education. Um, so I do think that it is very, very important to get a get your education. Yeah. Um, I think it opens up a lot of opportunities um, and it it provides you with foundational skills yeah. that enable you to be successful if that's the route that you want to take. Yeah. Um, so regardless of whatever route you want to take, um, be it entrepreneurial or, or be it you know, uh, pros, you know, professional uh, schooling or you know, doctor, lawyer, um, or being um, you know, going out and working in a in a company. I think it does give you uh, the necessary, uh, necessary. I don't know if I want to say necessary, but I think it's foundational. Yeah. It uh, it gives you a really solid foundation by which you can continue to grow and continue to learn. Right. And one of the things that I've realized, you know, um, recently is there was sort of this parallel track. So I continued to have this entrepreneurial desire, this entrepreneurial need, um, this I this need to continue to start something and grow it. And yet at the same time, parallel to those that motivation was this, you know, professional career at. at right out of her sinus, you know, for, for a long time, for 15 years. And um, I always felt like I was in two different places mm. until they sort of came together yeah. um, when I had the skills and the time and it was the right place, you know, the right time in my career to, to go out on my own. Right. Um, so it just was interesting to think about being able to build those skills and then continue to use them to to kind of go on my uh, entrepreneurial desires. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting perspective, right? Thinking about you kind of like grounding yourself on one track, but also learning some critical skills when the other tracks is probably like a little bit wild and wants right. to go off, but <laughs> like it has a lot of creativity and like really strong desire to make something happen. Right. So like a collaboration of those two makes a lot of sense and yeah. probably equals like a successful venture, right? Right, and I think, you know, and we've had this conversation about, you know, a, a professional career and the skill building that's necessary for that um, and entrepreneurial pursuits and, you know, sometimes young entrepreneurs will find that they, um, they need to continue building their skills in a way uh, and maybe doing their entrepreneurial pursuits on the side. Um, or having, um, and I think, and I said this to, said this, you might have to cut this out. 
Um, one of the things that I knew is that I could always work. So I knew from an early age that I could always make money, which I think fueled my desire to do something on my own. Because so, I was not scared about it. So for, like you were talking about you know, the skills that you have for training, uh, for, uh, personal training, and some of the other uh, opportunities that you have right. to, um, you know, to, uh, to have income coming Just in yeah, while you're developing right. your, your business. Right. Um, and in the back of my mind, uh, I don't know if I made a conscious decision to go this per professional route, but uh, because I always knew that I could always fall back and um, use some of my skills you know, in, in an independent project to make money. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that gave you some uh, fallback room, I guess. Right, you right. Call it, right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, all right. So that's that's interesting too. But what I'm interested to know is like, where was the point where those two parallel tracks came together? Like, what was it? Was it just the fact that you had the opportunity and you seized it, or was there a certain mindset that you had at that time that was like, you know what? I think it's about time I go and I scratch that itch. Yeah, I think it. Well, it was. Um, it was. You know, a. Uh, it was a lot of different things. It was um, a personal situation. It was the right time. It was um, the ability to um, uh, to take a risk. Right. Um, so I felt like that was the right time. Right. Um, and so all those things kind of came together right. uh, just at a moment in time. Right. Yeah. So did you, what was the opportunity at that point? So I guess give a little bit of background. Where are you at right before you're about to start the business? So I literally, I, I had a baby. So my nine-year career, it was a decision point. What do I do? Um, so you're working at the nonprofit for nine years now. So right. it was what you graduated from her science, right. worked five years in a for-profit kind of developing your own business unit there. Yes. And then moved to this nonprofit where you were doing something similar, kind of a new business development. Yeah, I was uh, when I was there. I was responsible for um, getting um, departments up and running. Right. So it was very small, and as it grew. It required some structure and some guidance, so I spent a lot of time in the human resource department getting it up and running, and the training department getting it up and running, um, and uh, yeah, at the at the point where um, uh, I had a baby and I, there was death in the family, and it was just time to decide, okay, where do I go from here? Yeah. And um, so I decided to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So your parents had the restaurant up until then, yes. and that was the point where you took over the restaurant. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Mm -hmm. um, so then I guess let's move forward from there. What happens day one in the restaurant? What's it looking like? <laughs> what are the decisions you have to make pretty eat, uh, quickly off the bat? Um, so day one was about um, determining how to um, how to move forward. How to um, how to uh, create a business that could be sustainable for, you know, the next 20 years. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of market changes. Um, there was a lot of um, 
changes in people's behavior. So uh, the, the, the laws changed dramatically about how people could drink um, and how they, how they drove. And so it really needed a very, very different strategic approach. Right. Um, and, um, and it was very costly. Um, so I had to make a decision about whether or not I would, uh, you know, I was up for that task right. because it, it couldn't survive the way it had survived right. in the past. So um, a couple of questions. So just for some context, what year was it? 1995. Okay, 95. And so at this point, your parents have owned the business for 30 years? Yeah, maybe. Somewhere, uh, yeah, something like yeah. that. So now your challenge was, it's 95, 30 years have gone by, this business is, I mean, it's a successful business, it's been in business for 30 years, right. but it's at the point where it, if it stays on its current path, maybe it'll be around a little bit longer, a couple more years, but you want to take it to the next level. And, what went into that decision? I mean, that's a very tough decision, right? So it was interesting because it and not only had been around that long, it had been, been around since like 1920. Right. Um, and so uh, it had been pretty much, you know, an institution in the, in the town. And um, I had enough um, experience and enough uh, financial um, financial astuteness to understand what the financial situation was and enough um, vision about the market to understand that um, those, there needed to be a change, yeah. a dramatic change. Yeah. Um, and that would, you know, it was very, very difficult yeah. uh, because at the time I was young. Uh, it doesn't seem that way to you. <laughs> uh, but I was very young, and um, uh, I, I was I was very uh, convinced in, about the the strategic direction and the direction things needed to head in, head in, and a lot of um, a lot of people didn't understand that yeah. um, and didn't have the confidence in my decision making to understand that. Uh, I was very, very clear about the decision. Um, I was very, very clear about the financial picture. Um, and I was very good at making decisions based on data. Yeah. And so um, it was a no-brainer. When you make decisions based on data, right. um, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, customers tell you a, a certain story and a direction, so it is data. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, but it was 95. It was 95, so it was all handwritten data. Yeah. <laughs> so you weren't punching numbers into an Excel spreadsheet. These are Yeah, awesome. these are handwritten Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, the fact that from that you were able to figure out the direction back then, I mean, that's, right. that's really cool. Yeah, it was handwritten data. And uh, one of the smartest things I think I did, is, here's a plug for uh, you know, accounting software, is um, early on, uh, begin using like really early on, like within a month. Begin yeah. using accounting software. Because right. um, there's so many transactions in the restaurant mm -hmm. that you're making daily. Like, daily basis. Yeah. So, I mean, that was one of the smartest, you know, uh, business, you know, operations-wise, uh, smart to just start from the very beginning using an, an accounting software. Right. Uh, you took over the business. You know, you have this 
you know, enormous challenge right off the bat of kind of changing the brand and um, making some financial moves. So how long did that take to kind of play out and when did you kind of start to pick up some traction? So it took about a year to play out. Um, you know, so while I, I say, you know, I, I feel like I was making numbers on the data, um, it took about a year to play out and, um, and you know, customers are pretty routinized. So it was a little bit hard for customers to make the transition. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but there were certain things that we put in place. Um, we changed the menu. Um, we dramatically changed the decor. Um, we had a strategic direction about all the pieces um, of the entity um, being consistent under a consistent brand. Um, and having all of the things that go into a business be consistent with that brand. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the one area, we had a bar area, um, then we had a restaurant area, and then we had a banquet area, and each of those had sort of their own vibe yeah. and their own customers, and yeah. I needed to bring everything together right. under one brand and one umbrella right. and make that brand strong so that we could build on it. Yeah. How, how critical was that to your success? I think it was, you know, it was, it was instrumental. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big proponent of that, right? And I think branding is like the solution for long-term growth, right? Right. And I think that's probably, I mean, another tough move to make, right? right. Because you had the whole family brand for, since a long time. Right. And then having to change that all up. Yeah. But in the end, it ended up being a, a smart decision. Yeah, and I think, you know, getting back to your point on branding, um, I think your branding has to be authentic. So if yeah. you have, if you provide a really um, top-notch service um, and you treat people well, you treat your customers well, um, and then you build that brand based on that, you, have, you know, there's authenticity there and people come to learn that about your brand, yeah. that it is authentic that they can rely on it, that they can rely on you, you know, and your company to provide, you know, excellent service right. um, and an excellent product. Yeah. Um, and that's what we began doing. Right. Yeah, I mean, I hope people can realize just from this conversation that you're a genuine person and you mean, you know, well always. And I, I, I could imagine that as you started to, you know, grow this business over the years that that became apparent to your customers fairly quickly. And it goes back to what we talked about in terms of just listening to them. Right. So I was young, and so rather than trying to um, create this whole, well, part of the vision was about listening to the customers and trying to understand, you know, we talked a little bit about the steps at that point in time. I didn't know the steps, <laughs> yeah. so I had to figure them out. I had to learn, you know, test things out, see if they work, listen to the customer, try it again, test it out. See if it worked. So, what were some things you were testing out besides the branding? Um, so, branding was one of them. Okay. So, you know, this, the decision right off the bat to um, do things that were not uh, that were uh, that could be easily um, edited or changed. So, not investing a lot of money in say menus that couldn't be 
changed right. um, that you had to live with for a year or two years yeah. because you spent so much money on them. Yeah. Um, so that's just one little example. Um, trying to think of some other examples about. Um, I guess that's that's sort of it. Like nothing being totally permanent yeah. yet looking good. Yeah so that you could edit it. Um, and I think we had talked early on about like my first website, uh, which was crazy you know, when you think about like websites, but you know, it was a big deal. And one of the things, one the, the two components that I was interested in, one is that it looked fairly good for, you know, today you would consider it a prototype. Um, and two, that I, I could edit it and that the information on it reflected current information right. and that people could find that information pretty easily yeah and I think that set us apart too was that um, rare back then it was rare back yeah. then yeah mm -hmm. yep and that was just by finding you know somebody uh, a young company starting out that understood and listened to what I needed um, and was willing to build it right mm -hmm. so what what made you like get the website? I guess you're just listening. Listening to customers, <laughs> exactly. And they were like, "You got to get on, right. on yeah. this internet yeah. thing." Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, sometimes it was kicking and screaming. I had a customer that wanted to have monthly business meetings, and insisted that I have Wi-Fi. I didn't know what Wi-Fi was. I didn't know how to get it. I was in a 200-year-old building with stone walls. Wow. And he's like, he's like I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk you through the process. I promise you I will give you business every month. I need Wi-Fi. So he did, he walked me through. I'm wow. like, all right, uh, walk me through the process. So he walked me through the process and you know, here's a guy bringing 40 or 50 people in every month wow. for a you know for a business meeting, but uh, you know I did on that one. Wow, so you had Wi-Fi in a restaurant early mm -hmm. on, early, yeah. early 2000s or something like that. Yeah, I forget when that was, but it was early on because it, it was before people even knew about yeah. it. Like I mean, he was kind of like on the cutting edge, yeah. and so uh, he was you know bringing me along. So I guess yeah. they had like laptops that yep. they were using. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. so. You know, we had to figure it out how to get all the hot spots all over this, yeah. you know, 200-year-old, very large building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then that worked. Like, so that's kind of interesting to think that, like, that was an investment for your business. It, it, exactly. It back then, yeah. Back then yeah. it was. Yeah. Cool. Most people, it was the transition from people um, stopping in to see you to do business face-to-face -to, -face to calling you to do business. And you would, you know, do business over the phone and mail out information. Um, to then, they wanted information, you know, on the web, or they want, yeah. And so, it was the transformation and sort of keeping up with it in order to keep the business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. It's a just little, little side note. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't even know. Like, I, I can't think of when Wi-Fi was just like everywhere because right. now it is and yep. you don't even think about it you yeah. walk in somewhere and you're like okay like what's the password you know there is Wi-Fi right. it's right. not even a question right. of whether it is or not it's just what the password is oh. can I log into yeah. one I mean trying to get it some somebody would call for information and um, you wanted to get, and, and they'd ask you to email it and you literally had to like unplug your phone plug the computer into it dial up the uh, the oh, yeah. connection wow. the, the old AOL connection uh, just to send out one email, yeah. you know, and 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 if a phone call came in, it disconnected it. <laughs> so. 
Wow. So, yeah, those were the days. <laughs> I mean, that's cool, though. Um, nowadays, we take for granted the fact that cell phones and yep. that I can just, you know, make a call or send a text or send a message on Instagram. Um, and I think people are missing out on that now, right? As mm -hmm. where probably a lot of businesses were missing out on what you were doing with putting in Wi-Fi and mm -hmm. some some sending out emails back back in those days, right? Yeah. So I think I think there's a similar trend going on now, I yeah. would say, with some of the yeah. newer newer stuff that, you know, the best businesses are doing. Um, that smaller companies just either don't have the resources or don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alright, so I mean we're talking here about, you know, some of the modern technology and, and how you were using fairly modern technology back then. Um, so I guess this is kind of a good segue to think about, you know, if you had, um, I guess not if you had the resources, but if you had the skills you now have um, a little bit later in your career and you could go back to the days in the restaurant, um, what would you think you would do differently? Um, or is there something that, is, did you do a lot of the things right? Would you do things the same way? I think I would have done things the same way. Um, I probably, I might have been able to do them faster. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I would do differently is um, be a little more cautious because now I have learned. Um, I was in business when the recession hit in 2008, yeah. the end of 2007 into 8 and 9. And prior to that, uh, there was a lot of opportunity to expand, um, and money was fairly easy to get, and it was fairly cheap. And as a result, um, it was, uh, I viewed it as an opportunity. So it was really a big opportunity to expand yeah. and to, um, to, uh, to buy additional property, um, to uh, plan for the future, and... Um, I didn't see it coming, a lot of people didn't, and as a result, um, had to really substantially cut back. Um, right. the, I guess the good part about it was that I knew that. Yeah. So, um, I guess in the financial world, your world, we call them non-performing assets. Yeah. So I had, um, I had purchased a property next to um, the business with the anticipation of developing that into um, an outdoor bar, um, and an outdoor venue, um, and it was a large piece of property. I was fortunate enough that I thought I was able to get um, the liquor license from where I was to extend to that mm -hmm. uh, new property, um, but it wasn't generating income at that particular point in time. Um, and I had to make the hard decision that in order to, to, to uh, keep and to survive, that, that vision had to go. Yeah. Um, and as hard as that was, because I had put a lot of money into it, um, I had to put a lot of time and effort into it, um, and I could see, uh, as you see today, mm -hmm. a lot of um, venues have these you know, grand outdoor spaces yeah. and the popularity of outdoor dining. Um, so I could see that vision. I had to let it go. Yeah. Um, so, the, so that, um, and I had bought a number of other pieces of property, uh, and as well as the expansion into the Avalon market. Um, yeah, at the time, it was a really good decision. Um, it 
did wonders for the business in terms of our visibility um, with uh, expanding our market. Um, a lot of the Avalon market was um, uh, CEOs and um, business uh, professionals from the Philadelphia area. Yeah. So that expanded our market geographically because we started doing business, um, we started doing catering business uh, in a wide geographic right. market. Um, I didn't talk about starting up that business. Yeah. So part of the uh, startup um, when money was freely available was a catering operation. Um, and so uh, I realized after 2008, 2009, that that was also a drain on mm. the main business. And you know, in those kinds of financial circumstances, it, I made the strategic decision that the main business had to be strong yeah. in order to survive the, the recession. Yeah. So I sold everything else right. off. Yeah. And so as, as difficult as that was, because I, I, you know, it was, it was fun to grow, and you had the vision to expand and to continue to grow, and you know, a vision for a really large operation. Um, but the reality of the situation was, and, and I couldn't ignore the reality of the situation. Uh, as, as much as one would have wanted to try. The reality of the situation was the decision had to be sell as much as you could and concentrate on stabilizing the one operation. Right. And so that's what we did. Yeah. That's what I did. So I think that's a really good example of putting your own ideas aside and what you want to do mm -hmm. and just listening to the customers and listening to the data and letting that drive yeah. your decisions. And it came quick. Yeah. I mean, it really did. Yeah. Uh, so I responded quickly. Um, so, I, so you know, getting circling back to your question, I probably would have been a little bit bit more uh, thoughtful about expansion, yeah. um, and maybe a little bit bit more conservative. But I was kind of young. I uh, you know I was in a business group where we all were you know really aggressive um, and wanting to grow our businesses. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't just me, I mean, it was a group of uh, my peers. Uh, we were all in the same position where we really, as a group, wanted to grow and be strong and be aggressive. Um, and then, uh, you know, this hit. So right. uh, I think if I had pulled back a little bit, that would have been what I would, yeah, I would have done differently. Okay. Yeah. I mean, who could have saw it? Yeah, it's hard, you know. It's a, it's most a, people didn't see it, I guess. And yeah. you learned a lot through the experience, and you made it out. Right. You, I mean, yep. you learned, like you said, that you had to focus on that core, and that core survived. You guys made it through. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's let's go there now. You know, recession lasts at least a year, two years, right? Mm -hmm. Two thousand all. Yeah. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, really. And right. 2010 10. even yep. started up, yep. but so where did it start to pick back up for you? Started to pick, I would say in 10, um, and that also, you know, that was a result too of, okay, so the economy's getting better, um, and I divesting of all this yeah. additional, uh, all these additional assets with a lot of debt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, about 2010. Right. Mm -hmm. And so... You come out of something like that and you have another strategic decision to make, okay? And that is, okay, all right, 
we're, you know, we steady the ship, the ship is steady. Now, how do you move that ship and grow for another 10 yeah. or 20 years? Yeah. And it's at that point that I said, uh, I don't, I, you know, I think it's time to maybe consider something different. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it? Why, why did you want to, I mean, I, I, under, I can understand, right, that you're looking forward at like, this is another like climb. Yeah. And, and, and really it was the, um, I had, I, my, my children had grown to the point where they were working professionals now mm -hmm. and they had no interest in the business. Mm -hmm. um, so I couldn't see, I didn't see an exit plan yeah. other than exiting. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought it was the right time. It was the right, yeah. I probably, you know, if, if I had probably waited till now, it would have been a little bit better financially, but it was the right time. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now, you know, we talked a lot about the United Center earlier, but you're here, you're working yep. with students every day. So how does that kind of satisfy that okay. entrepreneurial itch? Is it, I mean, this is this is an entrepreneurial venture, right? It's kind of your own place yep. here. I mean, you're within the yep. arms of a of a college, but you know, you kind of run the New Imagine Center, and uh, you get to help other people like myself and other students work on their businesses. Is that is that doing it for you, or so? So what's interesting is that from an early age, and I mean really early age, I knew. Well, maybe not an early from from college age. I, I kind of knew in the back of my head two things. One is that somehow I would have a restaurant in Avalon. <laughs> I had no idea. I was driving like a 66 Volkswagen that didn't start in the rain, <laughs> had a hole in the floor, oh, um, and literally probably like, I don't know, $20 to my name. And I'm thinking, I know that I will have a restaurant in Avalon. I don't know how I was going to do it, you know, but I knew that. The other thing I knew is, at some point in time, I would be working with younger people, like college-age people, yeah. or mentoring, or teaching something. So they're the two things that I knew. Um, and so, I, I, I don't know if it was consciously or unconsciously, but I got my master's in preparation for being able to do this. Um, and so, um, I had always worked with younger people, um, and really liked it um, and love seeing things grow. So this is the best of both worlds. You get to see um, people grow. You get to see their, their growth um, as they learn and you get to see their business grow or their venture yeah. grow. So it's sort of like the, both, the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, as you said, having the ability to grow a program right. uh, even though it's in an institution, but really having the ability to take this program and just grow it in whatever direction um, makes sense um, for for you know uh, for the college. Um, so it is the best of kind of both worlds. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think you know this is a is a great place um, for for anyone to be really. And I, I kind of have a similar feeling that I, I really want to work with younger people. Um, you know, at some point later down the line, um, I like teaching. I, I've always liked coaching. I've done some coaching of young kids, and I, like I, you were saying earlier, I still train some young kids, and I really enjoy that. I really enjoy just seeing the growth in people. Yeah. Um, that's probably what drives my business itch as well. Is that I get to 
see my business grow, but I also get to see the people I work with grow and the companies I work with grow, and that's why that's why I really like what I do now. Um, so yeah, I think we yeah. kind of share that similar. And I think too, the um, when you're in your own business and you have um, certain freedom, um, you can do things like that. Yeah. So you know there there are you know it's a huge amount of work. There's no denying that, but. Um, and there's times when you are going to be working when everybody else is not. Yeah. And that happens quite a bit. But there's also time where you decide, oh, I want to mentor somebody. I mean, when you came in and um, mentored our students in our recent yeah. you know, hackathon and did a great job, um, having your own, um, your own schedule, your own business allows you to then uh, you know, follow through on some yeah. of these other things that you like to do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I always tell people, like, they ask me, I guess some people have somewhat of a misconception. They think that I can just work whenever I want, <laughs> do whatever I want, which is not the case. But I do have the flexibility of kind of, if I'm going to work a 8 to 10 hour day, I could start that day some days at 10 o'clock and work till 8 o'clock at night. Right, right. Um, so I can do something early in the morning or I can in the middle of my day, come down to a science and volunteer. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we're still putting in long days, yes, you know, yeah. but you kind of have the flexibility at times, because not right, always, right. Um, to kind of move things around yeah. and, and do other things. And I do really enjoy that. And I do really enjoy the opportunity of working with other people as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so, you know, we've, we've done a good job, I think, of covering your story and, and talking about a lot of things you've learned and I think some of the key points, just to kind of recap, um, were that you've really been able to, throughout your career, um, focus on the data, listen to your customers, listen to the market, and make your really good educated decisions based off that. And that's really been the key to your success, as well as um, using the skills that you've learned throughout early in your career, also early in your childhood, to kind of drive that creative side and curb that creative side as well. Um, so it's just, I think those are good recap points. Anything you think I missed? Um, no, I think you recapped yeah. it really well. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so thank you for your time. Yeah, well, so, all right, one, one more sure. quick thing. So what's next for, for you? Oh, is, is this the Is this the landing point? I mean, this is a great place to be in. You just talked about the two things you wanted to do. You've already had the restaurant Avalon, and now you're mentoring young people. Is there something else on that list still? There or? is something else on that list, John. I, I just, I don't know. I have to try and, I'm trying to sit tight and, um, and enjoy what I do. Um, you know, I watch young people like you and your partner, Alex, and I want to be in the game, <laughs> you know? I want to be in there with you. Um, so I think that I have to figure that out. Like how to be in the game, but how to be, uh, I think I'm really, I think I've evolved to the point where uh, I uh, really, really love mentoring students, um, mentoring people, watching these businesses grow. And, and then there's like this other piece of me that just says, you know, you want to get in and play. Yeah. You know, you want to be in the game with them. Yeah. Um, so. I guess going forward, it would be a happy medium, sort of being in the game, but being 
I guess being on the team, but sitting <laughs> on the sideline, I Something don't know, like or that. at least getting into getting the play. a couple plays here and there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, just, so. so I guess unlike earlier in your life, you don't have the very specific um, goal of like, I want to mentor or I want to have a business in that one, which is <laughs> crazy that you have that specific goal, by the way. Um, but you do still, when the right opportunity, if it were to arise, then I'm sure you would. You would jump all over it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but trying to figure out how to how to maintain what I'm doing right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah. sounds good. Thanks a lot for talking. Thank you. Um, Appreciate it. Great conversation. Yeah. You can you know come in and play it at our game anytime. You're <laughs> I might want to take you up on that. We'll put you in. Uh, we'll put you in. Draw something up. Um, Anytime, but yeah, thanks a lot, Marie. Oh, you're it. welcome. Thanks, John. All yeah. right, good luck to you. Oh, thank you. All right, thanks.